Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. What is causing us to live below the standard? Okay, what is causing us to live below the standard of, of, of what God desires for us? You know, you can kind of get legalistic about it and say, well, God is, a, a, what is the standard that God is expecting from us? And then it kind of puts a lot of pressure on us and we're kind of thinking to ourselves, well, you know, uh, um, I've got to really just push now and go for it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I ask the question, how do we, get to this, um, how, how did I ask the question there? What is causing us to live below the standard that God desires for us? And what causes us to live at that standard that God desires for us? Not of us, but for us. Because it's for our benefit. And that's often what we miss out on. We're kind of thinking that this is a lot of pressure. Well, it is a lot of pressure if you look at it the wrong way. awesome thing is, is it empowers you to live there, and that's what's best for us. God wants what's best for you and for me. And what's best isn't what the world thinks is what's best. Okay, we'll maybe talk about that a little. But, you know, go to Romans chapter 12. And, and look at this with me. You know, Romans chapter 12 kind of gives the answer of what's causing us to live way below the standard that God's got for us. Okay. I've just got to pick a version quickly. <laughs> I'll go with New King James. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's a lot of things in there that we would all want. Okay, And we all know that God wants maybe from us. Okay, but we, you know, for example, we all want to, to know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us. Okay, we all want to be living in our purpose because I think we also have maybe sometimes an idea of what our purpose should be, and it's not God's idea, maybe, so that's why we're kind of floating in different directions. But the point is, it says that by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So if we just look at presenting our bodies, living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, it kind of can be a bit um, difficult to chew on that. Because it's, you know, I, I like to call it the yes Lord life. So this is a call to, to a life of surrender, a call to a yes Lord life because he, he knows what's best for us, a good, perfect, pleasing will that he, he wants for us. And then we kind of like, well, I'm going to live a yes Lord life. Yeah, every morning I'm starting on my knees and I'm just saying, yes, Lord. And whenever I have an opportunity to say, yes, Lord. And every time I, 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 I am, uh, 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 am tempted with something, I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And we can kind of get into that, but that's not what we, the direction that we should be going in with it. Okay. It says there, it starts off with, let me say this. It says, living sacrifice, holy uh, 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 that is what God wants from you and of you and for you. And so, yes, holiness is good. Living in holiness is good. Not just in our spirit, man, but in all of our life. That's what He desires for us. 
Look at it. It starts with, by the mercies of God. Some other translations put it and say, in view of God's mercies. Okay? Um, let me see what the Living Bible says. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice. Holy, the kind that goes on, doesn't say. When you think of what He has done for you. So, in view of God's mercies, is talking about, hey, first look at His mercies. Look at what He's done for you. Look at His goodness. And then, in view of God's mercies, offer yourself a living sacrifice. You cannot offer yourself a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You can't do that unless you see His mercy. And as long as you don't see His mercy, you're never going to do it properly. You, you might have all the actions of it and be able to, you, you, you might be, uh, um, even in full-time ministry, you might be, I don't even know what, like giving everything you have away to the poor and doing all of these things. But if, if it's not in view of God's mercies, it's not your acceptable worship to God. Because it's not coming from the heart, it's coming from your, your desire to, to maybe get brownie points. Coming from... You're, you're, you're wanting to kind of get into God's good graces, His good books. Whereas you can't get into His good books because you're already there. That's righteousness. Okay? And what's it? Uh, 1 John 4 verse 17 says, As He is, so are we in this world. So that means like Jesus right now. Okay? So if you're like Jesus, then that means God likes you like He likes Jesus. That he, he, he looks at you right, as righteous. You are righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That verse says that we might be made. Now some translation says that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 But it's not giving you the idea of you can become an Olympic athlete. Okay? It's giving you the idea of you've become righteous in, an, in a moment. Okay? It's like being born or born again. You straight away became righteous. Okay? So that's the idea that, 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 that um, or what we need to see from the, 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 the scripture here. We look at God's mercies. We view God's mercies. We're focusing on His goodness. And then we're presenting ourselves. Because that's the only way, like when you see God's mercy, when you see His love, when you see His goodness, all you can Okay, God, I want to give everything to you. And that's probably the biggest problem with the church. Is that we don't focus in on God's mercy and His goodness. And so you have churches filled with people who are doing their own thing. Focused on their own thing. Not, not doing what God desires and what, what He needs done for, in the earth. And so as a result, you've got all of these deviations of vision and focus in the body of Christ and people running off in different directions and we're not unified in vision and mission because we, 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 we don't know the perfect, the good, what's the good, pleasing and perfect will of God because we didn't start in the right place. Because of thoughts like this, I, I saw this big banner once, uh, it's probably the size of this room, <laughs> uh, as we were driving through Lusaka once and it said, it was over East, it said, um, Jesus gave his life for you. The least you can do is give your life for him. It's a true statement. It's a, you know, he gave his life for you. 
It's a nice idea. The least you can do is give your life to Him. But it's, it's, it's not from the right uh, uh, point of departure. Jesus didn't give His life for you to give your life to Him. Okay, um, Ephesians chapter 5 shows us that in the message translation. It says that He gave everything extravagantly of Himself to you, not to get anything, but to give everything. That's His desire, is that you would experience His love and His goodness, and as it impacts you, then you will go, God, I want to live for you. But religion tells us, hey, if you want God to accept you, you've got to, and then comes the list, live right, and you'll be right. <laughs> but it's actually, you are right, so you can live right. Okay? So, we, we've got a huge potential. We need to rise up to it, but we're going to rise up to it by focusing in on His goodness, by focusing in on His grace. The biggest problem, that, that uh, a reason why we're not living up to our potential, believers is because we don't focus in on or we're not convinced of who we are in Christ. That's part of His mercy. We, we think we're just ordinary. We're just giving it another shot. We're just like trying to live for Jesus. Whereas if, if you realize He's living in you, it changes everything. He's living in you. So, you know, we need to be focused in on His mercies and as we focus in on His goodness, as we focus in on His mercies and on His love, what happens is we start to um, uh, 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 see even who we are in Him. We start to get a revelation of His goodness, a revelation of, of, of what He's done for us in making us like Him, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then we can start to live like it. Okay? Let, let's, let's go over to Second Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> And linger on this just for a little bit. It's a verse that I quoted now, verse 21, and we're going to come back to a couple other verses in this chapter. In chapter 5, verse 21, says, For the righteousness of God in him. So what I want you to see there is stop trying to be right. Yes, we should be living holy. Yes, we should be living like Jesus. But it starts with realizing your identity. You can't act, you can't, um, you're not a dog, so you can't be a dog. Okay? You can act like a dog, but you're not a dog. You'll never be a dog. <clears throat> okay? Amen? I mean, that's basic. But now you need to, you need to see, like, you, you can act like a sinner as a Christian, but you'll never be a sinner again, ever, no matter how good you act as a sinner. Because now you are 100% right with God, righteous. And He sees you like that. And because you're 100% righteous, you can live like that. You know, in our circles, what tends to happen is we get stuck on righteousness. <clears throat> I'm righteous, and that's great. But what's the purpose of it? What's the purpose of you being righteous now? Most people will answer that by saying something self-centered. And it shows that that righteousness needs to go a little bit deeper in your heart. God wants to minister to you. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be strong and all this, obviously. But why? There's a bigger purpose. The purpose isn't you. The purpose is through you. Okay? And, and this is the good and pleasing perfect will. Yes, we look at the mercies of God and we're going, Wow, God, thank you for 
Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you accept me. Thank you that you see me as 100% righteous. I am righteous 100% of the time. It never fluctuates. Thank you. It's good. But then we progress and we're like, there's a purpose for this. What is this purpose? Well, one of the things is to set things right. Righteousness. <laughs> How do we set things? What is right, uh, setting things right? Well, you look in 2 Corinthians here, chapter 5. Verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of setting things right. So now we've got this righteousness which helps us to set things right because as long as you're unrighteous, you can't set things right. Okay? So you've been set right, and now you're going to go and help other people get set right with God. Okay, to, to connect, to become one with Him, to be able to be righteous, because the world needs to, people need to be impacted with this message. That is, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing or not holding their trespasses, their sin against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So this is setting things right, putting things in its right order. Okay? And it's not just talking about, I'm trying to see if this is going to cause too many issues for you. It's not about um, uh, uh, um, business God's way. It's about eternity. And business God's way fits in with that. You know, too many Christians are focused on temporal issues, which are important, but they, they, they call them more important than the eternal things, which are more weighty. And so, God's purpose for your life isn't a successful business. It's a successful business for the purpose of eternity. God's purpose for you being a successful doctor, teacher, whatever, is, isn't so that you can be a successful doctor, lawyer, teacher, whatever. It's so that you can impact eternity. Where there's no need for a doctor, lawyer, teacher, by the way, or pastor. Because then we've got the, 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 the chief shepherd in charge there, presiding. Anyway, why is all of this so important? Why am I focusing on it? It's because, I mean, in case you haven't noticed, we're living in interesting times. <laughs> we're living in perilous times, the Bible would call it. Okay? We're living in wicked times. And I'm no prophet of and gloom, but I'm pretty convinced it's not going to get better. But we can get better. <laughs> and as the world gets darker, we can shine brighter. Okay? So there's um, you know, a Christian, I was talking to some people about this this week, I can't remember who it was, but somebody um, was just like, you know, a, a, a challenged at the fact that as a family we're, we're always optimistic. Another Christian. And uh, I was just like, but that's what Christianity is. <laughs> you know, that's Christianity. We're optimistic. I'm sorry if you're pessimistic, but now this is your rebuking moment. But now, you know, so, so Marna was telling us, my wife was telling us last night, um, that she, she read something about a, 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 um, a Jewish um, a psychologist who was in a concentration camp and he was observing people, and the optimists pretty much died first. The guys who were like, we're going to get out of this, it's going to be okay, whatever, they were gone first. They were the first to go. 
Then you had the others who were, who were like, you know, this is horrible, this is terrible, whatever, you know, they were pretty much next. And then you had the people who, you know, uh, um, it were in between, who were like, you know, let's just make the most of today, let's just focus on now. And they, they, most of them made it. Reminds me of a meme. <laughs> Where it's like, what's it? You got the optimist, the pessimist, and the psalmist. My cup runneth over. <laughs> anyway, but in this situation, it's good to realize, like, there's a, like, uh, um, uh, they didn't have a biblical optimistic perspective. There's a biblical optimism which we, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this mindset of, you know what, it's going to get better. It might not. You know, so-and-so, uh, uh, you're trusting for so-and-so salvation, and you're just like, maybe they, they're going to get saved. I'm just, I'm, I believe it. Maybe not. Because they've got to choose. <laughs> you know, the so-and-so is just going to get healthier. It's going to get improved. Maybe not. Because things just don't quite magically because we want them to, or because we hope them to. You know, there's a, a place for us to pray and exercise our authority and release power to change things, then it can change. That's faith. So I'm talking about a, 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 the attitude of faith is optimistic. The world's optimism isn't faith. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so in these last days that we're, we're, we're living in, in these, these perilous times, you know, we're either going to <clears throat> conform to the world so that we can have an easier life, or we're going to stand out because of the truth. Okay, so you get to choose. Am I going to just fit in and keep going in the direction, or am I going to actually stand firm, stand strong, and go, hey, I'm standing on the truth. So then you stand out like a sore thumb, then you're like it's night and day. You're, you're, you're sticking out. Okay, because the reality is, is Christianity doesn't guarantee a comfortable life. Let's go to John chapter 16. And this is the danger in in, in, in a lot of well-intended teaching, is that you can easily get the impression that, you know, come to Jesus and everything's going to be all right. And it is, but not all right based on the, what the world thinks. Not all right, you know, you, you're going to prosper. It's not, it's not like the world thinks prosperity. You know, it's, and, and we've, we've got to let go of the world's definition of a lot of things and embrace God's definition if, if we want to understand what this is all about, actually. Okay, so John chapter 16, verse 33. I'm reading from the Amplified here. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In this world you will have tribulation and trials and distress. This can't be Jesus speaking, right? And frustration. <laughs> But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world, and I have deprived it of its power to harm you and conquer it for you. Now Jesus is saying that, and so we should believe that. We're going to have trouble. There's going to be trouble in the Christian life, there's going to be trouble in this world, and if we conform to the world, it'll be easier. Because all those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's not what you wanted to hear this morning, but let's just move on from there. Amen? Okay? The point that I'm trying to make out there is that you know, Jesus is, is, is talking from an eternal perspective. Jesus is talking from an eternal mindset where, yes, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be famine. He even says in, us, in, in, in the Gospels, there's going to be famine. There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be problems. 
Okay, they're going to drag you to the council and to the government and to the priests and whatever, and they're going to beat you because of my name. And you know, he's he's kind of saying all of that, but then he's like, take courage, be encouraged. Why? Because there's an eternity. Actually, this isn't all that there is. Yeah, every single time someone lets me know that a loved one died, you know, somebody even that we were trusting for for healing or whatever the case is, if, if, if when someone dies. I always respond and saying, thank God this life isn't all that there is. That's the first thing I say to them. Because that's the perspective we've got to have if we want to be different from the world. We don't have to fall apart like them. Amen? So, you know, what we focus on is going to determine how we get through these times. And even if we get through these times. Because our focus is going to determine... Our attitude towards things is going to determine how we get through them. It's going to determine a whole lot of things. Your faith even. Okay? And so what are you focused on at the moment? What are you focused on at the moment? Like, let, let's ask it like this for a, a, a second. Like, what are the top three to five things that you're trusting God for? You might adjust it now after my message already. <laughs> but just think about it. Like the top five things that most Christians are believing God for aren't people, aren't salvation. It's got nothing to do with eternity. It's a, another car, it's, it's things that we need. Car, a house, a, a, a washing machine, I don't know what. But whatever, like we, we're trusting for things that we need. And, and it's like, yes, we need these things. God isn't angry with us if we, we're trusting for these things. But... We're evidently not living for eternity if that's what our prayer life is all about. Prayer isn't an opportunity to come with your shopping list. Prayer is an opportunity to, in, to view God's mercy. I want to challenge you this week with your prayer time. Set the first time a, a, a part of it aside and go, I want to just focus in on the goodness of God. And just give thanks and then just focus on Him. Become thankful and just... Just start to overflow with thanksgiving and view His mercies. Think about His goodness. Think about His love. You know what should naturally happen is it should flow into a place of, God, I just, I just give myself to You. I, I, I just want to yield to You. I want to surrender to You. Then you start to lay down your life in that sense. Okay? But you know, most Christians aren't focused in on eternal matters. Okay, what are most Christians focused on at the moment? Issues of government. Things that are important, but maybe not as important compared to eternity. Issues of uh, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. Issues of, is it this the mark of the beast or the end times or whatever the case is. Okay. Many Christians are focusing on many different things that they should not be focusing on. Okay, then you've got um, ministers who are none the better speaking of topics that they are not authorized to speak on. So it's like someone comes and asks me, yeah, what do you think about the vaccination? I was like, you need to speak to a medical professional about that. But I can guarantee you, you won't lose your salvation. That's one thing I can guarantee you, because spiritually speaking, that's what I'm authorized to speak about. I can tell you what doctors that I've spoken to said, but you know, you've got to choose your own source. The point is, is that, that I'm not authorized to speak on this. So what did I say? I said I would ask the question, should I get vaccinated? So should I get vaccinated? I've asked the question. 
<laughs> with clickbait. So, <laughs> you know, how can the church of God accomplish the mission of God if we're not focused on God? Or if we don't have the focus of God? Why are we focusing on things that are really actually not important in light of eternity? Yeah, I know that this is more of a Catholic mindset and that St. Peter isn't waiting at the curly gate. But if St. Peter were waiting at the curly gate, do you think he wants to see your vaccination card? It's not important. Make a decision based on faith. Pray about it. You know, make a decision based on wisdom. Inquire about it. Go and, go and research it. You know, don't, don't look for the conspiracy theories, but look for the facts. And I'll leave it there. But, you know, as Christians, we've got to, we've got to make more, put more value on eternity than we, we actually do. You know, someone dies and goes to be with Jesus, it's a good thing. Even if it's premature. We don't want them to die prematurely, but praise God, this life is not all that there is. You know, this kind of mindset would cause us to put more into mission and live more on a mission and stop uh, 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 doing things and, and wasting time and, and all of this type of stuff because we realize there's something bigger that we're living for. Is God upset with you if you waste your time? No. Does He still love you? Yes. Can you still have a good relationship with Him in a good life? Of course. It's just the same way that, you know, if, if, if my um, six-year-old doesn't uh, wash the dishes and cut the lawn and wash the dog and feed the dog every day, I'm, I'm not upset with him. I don't expect him to do any of that. But let's talk again in a couple of years' time when he's mature enough to do that. As you mature in Christ, you need to be stepping up in things that are part of the family business. Okay? So, you know, what are you seeking? You know, if you're seeking success, you can't, you've got to look at what is success. It's not like what the world looks like, or looks at. Okay? Prosperity is not, in, in the word, isn't what, the, uh, what the, the world looks like in prosperity. If prosperity, financial prosperity, is an indicator of spirituality, the church is, worldwide is really, really not in good shape. And there's a lot of unbelievers who are more spiritual than us. Amen? <laughs> yeah, anyway. I know that that was uh, well received. It was 3 John. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The most important thing there is soul prosperity. Your emotional well-being. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You can be of good cheer. Hey, there's all these problems. Peace is not the absence of problems. Okay? Peace is not the absence of problems. It's security amidst turmoil. So peace is all hell is breaking loose. And I, people look at me and don't even think that I realize what's going on. <laughs> because I'm just secure in my relationship with God, my faith in God. And I'm just like, you know what? Nothing can shake me. Nothing can move me. Yeah. While we're on that... Um, the last letter to the, 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 the seven churches in the book of Revelation. You know, um, he rebukes the church of Laodicea okay, for a number of things, which we're not going to get into right now. But one of the things he says is that um, you, know, you, you, you boast that you have all this prosperity. 
this is what he's rebuking them for. The, you boast that you have all this financial gain, this gold and all of this, but, but like they, they are the church which is rebuked the most out of everyone. Why? Because it seems like money affected their outlook. Money affected their hearts. They were lukewarm. They weren't hot or cold. They were lukewarm. Okay, so we've got to keep the main thing the main thing here. Okay, I mean, John, John, let's look at John chapter 3, verse 16, our fridge magnet scripture that we all know. But John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, John 17, 3 says that everlasting life is knowing God. So everlasting life is relationship with him. But it, it, it's something eternal. It's something eternal. The Christian life is something eternal. The Christian focus should be, yes, that we're living in this world. Yes, we need to focus on the here and now. But overall, we should have a greater focus on, on eternity. And we should be living for, with eternity in mind. And we should be living with an eternal perspective. Uh, uh, not just with the temporal of you know, um, tomorrow or, or whatever, but, but th there's eternities forever. Eternities forever. You know, like uh, what the, the famous Maximilian said, what we, what we do now echoes through eternity. Anyone know where that's from? Thank you. <laughs> just checking, at least there's one. <laughs> Gladiator. The point is, is that the decisions now that you're giving now is affecting eternity. You're reaching someone now is affecting eternity. You're praying for someone now is reaching eternity. Not, not, not um, being able to, 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 to get a latest smart TV is not, it's not even worth crying about. It's not even worth talking about it, really. Vaccination is not even worth talking about, to be honest. Because it's not an eternal matter. It's something important for us right now that we have to investigate and we have to pray about and we have to use wisdom in, in, in what do we do with these things. But it's like, even if the government was trying to control us, so what? They can't control the gospel. You can't have church. So what? We'll, we'll still reach people. We'll still do what we need to do. We're fighting the wrong battles. Our battle isn't against flesh and blood. So let the flesh, let the blood say, you can't, you can't, you're not going to preach the gospel anymore even, or whatever the case is. Sure thing, buddy. <laughs> and we're going to change the world more. Hey? Because we're living for eternity. Um, so if we want to look at, like, living at peace during these times, it, it's got a lot to do with our focus. You know, Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're not thinking peace, you're not going to experience peace. If you want peace, you've got to, you've got to be, have the focus on the right thing. And being consumed, I, I don't know what's, what's going on on Christian television at the moment, um, but I'm assuming there might be a lot of talk about vaccinations and things like that, because and, 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 I know a lot of Christians are talking about this stuff. And if, if, if that's all that you're talking about is all of this stuff, then don't expect any peace. Don't expect to be at peace and at rest at all. Okay? Because here's the thing. Regardless of the, the circumstances and regardless of the time, 
you're still an ambassador of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Okay? And as an ambassador of Christ, that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that you have been commissioned with a specific message. And it's not the message of anti-vaccination or pro-vaccination. And it's not the, the message of the mark of the beast or I don't even know what. Okay? It's the message of the gospel. It's not the message of the Bible even. It's the message which is contained in the Bible, which is the gospel. Jesus said, go and preach the gospel. Go make disciples of all nations in this message, the gospel. Okay? So the gospel is what you're authorized to preach, not vaccination or anti-vaccination. So if someone's promoting opinion from a pulpit or in a Bible study or whatever, rebuke them. Tell them you're unauthorized. <laughs> You know, because it's not, the, it's not the platform, it's not the place. Like I said, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mark 16, verse 15. That's the message we're authorized for. If you look at uh, Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So he's talking about a specific message that he was authorized to speak, to minister, and he's saying, I'm not ashamed of that. There's a lot of things that ministers are focusing on and Christians are focusing on that they should be ashamed of. Putting it completely bluntly. If it's not the gospel, be ashamed of it. And let's focus in on the gospel, because this is what we're supposed to do, and it's... While we're putting out all these other fires or chasing after all these other uh, uh, issues, we're missing the mission. We're, we're, we're not focused on what we should be doing, and so we cannot do what we're supposed to do. Now, Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1. If you want to go there with me. 1 Timothy chapter 1, I want to read from 3 to 6. New Living Translation. This is just showing us the, 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 the focus of Paul, the focus of Timothy, the focus of you know, the, these early uh, uh, church uh, leaders. He says, When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those who, uh, whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Okay, the truth being the truth of the gospel. He says, Don't let them waste their time in endless discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees. So at the moment, there's a lot of discussion on myths. Okay? On uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Conspiracy. Okay? These things only lead to meaningless speculation which don't help people live a life of faith in God. We've got to make sure that what we're talking about as all of us are ambassadors of Christ. So we've got to make sure what we're talking about is this last uh, sentence. Helping people live a life of faith in God. Not breeding fear of an antichrist. Or breeding fear of, it's going to change my DNA and I'm going to mutate into some animal. I don't know what. Okay, verse 5. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed the whole point. So let's make sure we're not missing the whole point. Let's make sure we're holding 
strongly to the message of the good news of what Jesus has done for us and freely offers us. Amen? These people who've missed the whole point have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. Let's make a decision that we're not going to be indulging in meaningless discussions about whatever. So, speaking about the rugby is not a meaningless discussion. Let me tell you why. Speaking about even the vaccination is not a meaningless discussion. If you pull it back to eternity. Enjoy it, relax, talk about the rugby or whatever you want to talk about, that's fine. But what I'm saying is just like, let's, if, if, if the eternity is our core, even if eternity is our central purpose of why we exist, then all of these things should be coming back down to the same central point. The reason why I'm inviting people over to come and watch the rugby with us isn't because we just want to relax, although that's part of it and it's nice, but it's to be able to build relationship and connect for kingdom purposes. And we'll have time doing it. But we're going to do it with the perspective of I'm an ambassador, and this is just my whole life now. It's not part of my life. You're going to be blessed if you turn with me to Isaiah 8. We're going to look at two more verses, or two more scripture verses, just on what our focus should be. Isaiah 8, verse 11 to 13. I know that the things that we're talking about are, are, are things that people need to talk about. We need to talk about because everyone's talking about them. In that with all the campus pastors, I'm currently having similar discussions because of discussions they're having with other people. And uh, this verse, um, one, um, Alicia, who's a campus pastor in uh, Albania, um, she was dealing with some of these things with some of the people there. And one of the guys there sent her this verse um, yesterday. And she sent it to me this morning and said, isn't this awesome? And straight away, I copied and I pasted. <laughs> I was like, I'm using that verse. This is really good. So look at it from the, I, I, I chose a different translation to what he put, but the Passion puts it like this. The Lord's mighty hand rested on me, and he warned me with these words, not to act like these people, the people of the world, in some translations. Verse 12, don't believe their every conspiracy rumor. And don't fear what they fear. Don't be moved or terrified. Fear nothing and no one except Yahweh, commander of the angel army. Honor him as holy. Be in awe before him with deepest reverence. So don't believe every conspiracy rumor. Don't uh, 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 be filled with fear of what they fear. Okay? It puts it pretty plainly. It's a good verse. It's basically saying, regardless of the circumstances, if, it, if, if, if um, this is saying, don't believe conspiracy rumors, it means there's conspiracy rumors. If this is saying, don't fear what they fear, it means there's fear, and there is things that you could fear, but don't. Okay? Colossians chapter 3 is, is, is beautiful. It says, since you have been raised uh, uh, to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not things of earth, for you died to this life and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So he's saying, you know, have an eternal perspective. Have a heavenly perspective. 
have the perspective of you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, in a place of authority. As long as you're focused on all of the things that the world is focused on, you're only going to live like the world and have the fruitfulness and the failures of the world, and you're only going to be just like everyone else. But if you start to see things like God sees them, your whole life will radically change, and so will your fruitfulness. And, and then what's going to happen is you're going to start to stand out, and people will be like, why are you always so happy or optimistic? Why do things work out for you? You got your opportunity for ministry there. You know, why, why, uh, why, you know, things are going wrong in your life. Why Things are falling apart in your life. Why, how is it that you're not falling apart? You say, well, I can't fall apart. Because, you know, Christ holds me together. No, I'm joking. You don't have to be all weird. But you can just be like, you know what? I've focused on Jesus and I can't fall apart. doesn't matter what happens. You know? <laughs> We're ambassadors, so we just need to realize that we're always ambassadors. It's not just on a Sunday morning because we look nice. Amen? We're living for eternity. We're living for eternity. And, and that's really, in essence, what I just wanted to encourage us with this morning, was we're living for eternity. So don't get uh, uh, bogged down in the uh, 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 discussions of the here and now. And don't make things that are not really all that important in the greater scheme of things. Don't make that the main issue in your life right now. Because these issues are dividing people. These issues are dividing families. These issues are dividing churches. Why? Because the enemy wants that. And we're just saying, yes, enemy, instead of yes, Lord. Yet making these issues the main issues is just agreeing with the devil. So stop agreeing with the devil <laughs> and start agreeing with God by keeping the main thing thing which is the gospel eternity love love will, will deal with all of this if we just like you know what that person's got a different opinion to me on whatever topic it doesn't matter we're, we're brothers and sisters in christ we can overcome this together we can move forward amen we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.